I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball. And, of course, the defending World Series champion, Cubs. It's got a great ring to it, doesn't it? Oh, fantastic ring. World Series champion, Cubs. I'll never get tired of saying that. Indeed. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah, are you it's panicking? Been, uh, fun. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Cubs are getting off to a slower start than I'd like, but I'm not worried. They find a way to win. Yeah. As of this recording, I think we've only played 15 games, 8 and 7, 147 to go, I believe. Yep. If I'm worrying now, it's going to be a long, long season. So I guess uh, we can get right into it. We'll just uh, figure out who actually emailed us this, this week and are eligible for one of your bobbleheads, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. You've got mail. First up, we have Mike from St. Charles. Why does Joe insist on playing Ben Zobrist in right field all the time? Well, it's kind of easy to answer that one. Because Javier Baez plays second base, and he plays it better defensively than Zobrist. Yeah. I think, anyway. Yeah, you got to accommodate all the other guys, too. So Schwarber probably shouldn't play right field unless it's a small, small right field like in PNC Park. Yeah, I mean, I love having his bat in the lineup. But until the National League does the unthinkable and adds the DH... He's got to play somewhere, and I don't think his knees can hold up to catching that many games. Yeah, and I think right now he's just the third catcher or the emergency catcher. He'll, he'll eventually catch a game. That was like one of the last last uh, mailbags questions is when will Schroper catch a game? And I'm thinking, you know, sometime next month he probably will catch one or two. But, yeah, he simply can't catch that much because uh, – I don't think he's as familiar with the pitchers as the other two guys. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want Zobrist in right, you can put him left where he played the entire playoffs, but that knocks Schwarber out of it, out of the lineup. Yeah. And you can have people wondering why the hell Schwarber's not playing. Yeah. So anytime you put, you gotta put, you gotta play Zobrist in some place. He's too good to sit all the time when it turned into a bench player. Pretty much anybody on this roster for the starting eight, or which could be the starting nine, should be starting someplace. But we don't have the DH. Yeah, and the Cubs haven't played in an American League park yet. They won't do that until later on this month, actually. And they go to Boston. Yeah, that'll be fun. So uh, once they get to Boston, I think, you know, Zobrist will actually play left. And then you'll put Hayward back in right, and then you can play a uh, legitimate center fielder like John Jay or Albert Omora. No, I want the the outfielders that I want to see is John Jay in left, Elmore in center, and Jason Hayward in right. Those are three phenomenal defensive players, 
and a few of them all out in the outfield at the same time, that ball is never touching the ground. Those guys can each cover a lot of ground. And if you've seen Almora play the past few games, whew, <laughs> off to the races with him. He can get to almost anything. Yeah, I feel like he's pretty darn good. All right. Our next question is Brian from Wrigleyville. Who should the Cubs trade for pitching? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Hendricks is not exactly looking like the Hendricks of last year or even the year beforehand. Yeah. So that might throw up some red flags that they might need another pitcher. And Brett Anderson has been hit or miss. On Twitter, he's he's a riot, but that last outing was horrible. And I was there to witness it in person. Uh, that was ugly stuff. Well, at least they won. Oh, they won. And my favorite moment of the game outside of the win, was Brett Anderson tweeting out after the game, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes the pick, the offense picks up your lousy ass. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a funny guy. And then he tweeted out, maybe I should go to Korea for three years to learn how to pitch. Basically making fun of or recognizing Thames. Yeah. That guy's just come out of nowhere. Yeah, he's got a Brian LaHare season going on. And we don't know if he'll ever drop off from there, like Lahir did. Yeah, Lahir had about, what, three good months? Four good yeah, months? He, well, he was an all-star. Yeah, and then he just fell off the face of the planet and just stopped hitting. I thought that was a very nice touch by the players to vote Lahir in as an all-star, even though you're just like, well, does that really make sense? But... <laughs> It was really nice of them to just throw a journeyman a bone there. Yeah. Did you see what the Cubs did today on the video board? Or hear about it anyway? Uh, I didn't because I was at work. Because unlike a lot of people, both you and I have day jobs. Yeah. Apparently they showed Dexter Fowler's first home run as a Cardinal on the video board. Oh, that's really sweet of them. I'm not sure why, since he's... A, I mean, I get why, because he's a beloved former Cub, but hmm. he's the enemy now. Not sure how many Cub fans were interested in seeing that home run, but I still hope that he does well. Yeah, I think Cubs fans like uh, the former players, as long as they're not complete tools like Terrio was, or even Samarja. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And this final question comes from Troy. He is from Wilmette. Did we actually answer the question? I, I'm sorry. We went oh. on a major <laughs> tangent. They're trying to ask who should we trade for pitching, not... We, yeah. we just totally went that. off the rails, man. All right. I thought we had answered. Well, the obvious choice would probably include a package of either um, Matt Caesar or maybe even Tommy Listella, one of which will probably be gone by the time the Cubs hit the road on Friday. Yeah, those, uh, I think, will only net, like, lottery tickets or just relief pitching, and I don't... I, I know people are panicking, but I don't think the Cubs need relief pitching right now. They're just... No, and, and they I need got, another starter. Yeah, so if you need a starter and you need somebody, like, legit to start, we're talking about, like, minimum... Yeah, Ian Happ, uh, Jamer Candelario, 
possibly, uh, if, you know, they decide to, even Javier Baez. But I don't think any of those are moving right now. And that would clear up the issue of of um, Ben Zobris playing right field. Yeah, but you lose the defense and the elite tagging and just like a oh, really yeah. baseball Definitely. smart kid, even though he, he's been striking out a lot and he hasn't put the barrel on the ball as much. Like, he's just a hot streak away from being awesome with the bat again, and he's already, you know, he's already so good defensively that I don't think you can trade Javi. Yeah, I don't want to get rid of him. He's become one of my favorite players just because he's a wizard with that glove. But I can imagine a scenario where these are two guys, like, assuming no injuries, assuming nobody super slumps, assuming nobody gets traded uh, outside uh, or within the core. We're talking about two guys who don't have a place to play. And the interesting about them is uh, I believe they're both switch hitters and they both can play multiple positions where Hap is like playing outfield as well as second base now and Candelario can play the corner infield spots. But as you kind of can guess, uh, there's no room for him on any of those spots. Well, Ian Hap is now being trained on third base as well. They're going to have him. He can play first base as well. So, the corner infield, the corner outfield. Yeah, they keep... That definitely opens up some versatility for him. They keep talking about the next Ben Zobrist, and, like, you have two candidates. It's very hard to be the next Ben Zobrist, though, because he's he's already so good for so many reasons. But uh, talking about two guys who can switch head and play multiple positions, that's a fairly good start. Yeah, I think... I think it's just those three guys that you you think about trading for pitching because obviously the Cubs aren't going to trade their own pitchers. Yeah. They might trade Arietta if the right deal comes along mid-season to get a better pitcher who's under more who's um more controlled for a longer period of time, but even that I see as a long shot. That's an extremely long shot. Like I I played around with that idea in the off-season and it just doesn't make sense for a contending team to trade a guy even if you know, he is in the last year of club control. And he's pitching very well this year so far. So yeah. I expect big things out of him. Right. I, I think now we can go to the question three. Sorry about that, sir. <laughs> okay. Why does the media make big deals out of non-stories? Okay. Who said that? That was Troy. Oh. So Troy is probably referring to the whole thing with the Sun Times and the rings, right? Yeah, that would be my guess. Asking, basically, asking the players or the employees not to sell their rings. Jed Hoyer came out, I think, today, saying they didn't ask any of the players to sign those agreements. It was more for like the individual workers. And they even said we'd help them pay the taxes if that's what they were going to sell it for. Uh, so, and it's just a complete non-story. Yeah, I, I guess it it's a problem with Twitter, right? You get bits and chunks of stories, and then I think are... it's a problem with Gordon Whitmire. <laughs> All right, I call him out. I don't care. Yeah. Well, 
You know, at this point of the season when there are no big trades and not too many people, thank goodness, are getting hurt, there's nothing really to write about except for the fact that, you know, oh, my God, the Cubs aren't 15-0 and right now, and, you know, everybody's velocity is down, so let's do something. Uh, you do get a couple of feel-good stories, like uh, we, we saw the video of that young lady who presented the ring to Javier Baez and why they're so connected. Mm-hmm. Didn't re- I didn't realize that uh, until, you know, MLB Network released that little snippet, and I thought that was really nice. But other than the feel-good stories, like, what what else are they going to write about this time of season? Yeah, there's not too much. They could probably write about controversy about this guy wants to play more, that guy wants to play more, this guy's playing too much. But it's, I don't know. People like to make stories out of nothing. Clickbait. Yeah. I mean, I, I get why it might look bad for a player to, uh, or the organization to force a player to sign that agreement because it's his ring. He he won it fair and square. Uh, but I also see the organization's point, point of view. Like, we are poning up, I, I don't even know, like, at least $10 million for all these rings that, that I can just think think of right now. It, it's got to be way over, like, you know, a couple million, right? Yeah. Yeah. At least. To when you get can't the, think about, about how many things they ordered and bought, how much the most expensive rings cost. Yeah, and they're giving the expensive ones not just to the players, but to like Ron Santo and Ernie Banks. That it's going to be in the Wrigley Museum. And I, I did you see it in the jewelry store when you oh, went? Oh, I oh. did. That's just fantastic. Yeah, and so like other Cubs alumni got them. I think Fergie Jenkins got one. Billy Williams got one. You know, uh, Ryan Sandberg got one. So. And they even gave some some rings to guys that don't even work for the Cubs anymore. They were just. Very popular Cubs. Yeah. And uh, uh, just off the top of my head, if we're talking about this, the players, there's 25 guys plus the guys on the bench who didn't make the playoff roster. That's like a million dollars right there. Oh, yeah. And then you got 1908, other things. Maybe, maybe it's not $10 million, but it's got to be way more than a million dollars that they dropped on all those ranks. Oh, easy. Yeah. I mean, when you think about ten of the of the big rings alone, would be seven hundred thousand. Yeah. And the big ones were about seventy one grand. They were saying, and they got a lot more than ten of the big ones. Yeah. So I I was hearing that it was more around thirty to fifty thousand dollars, but seventy one thousand sounds like you know like they would give these to the really big boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we will we won't know until they release a list of nineteen nineteen hundred and eight names, but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to read through that list. Don't think I have time to read. Yeah. Yeah. Close to two thousand names. Yeah, I mean, you somebody wants to, to wants to do it, be my guest. Yeah, that's about all. That's all the questions that we got so far. Yeah, who gets your bobblehead today? 
I have no idea. I don't really like any other questions. Sorry, guys. We appreciate them. Uh, let's go with Mike. Okay. Why does Zobris play all the time? All right, we could do that. Let's just send us an email and we'll ship it out. Ship out a bobblehead to you. I think I have a Darwin Barney bobblehead that I can send send you away. All right. Well, it'll definitely catch a lot of dust. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. And if you're playing the Red Sox, he'll kind of beat you down. He had yeah. another good hit against the Red Sox tonight. Oh yeah. I, I think I saw that, and it was kind of funny because we don't really think about Bar- Darwin Barney anymore. I looked at the Twitter and the, the Blue Jays' Twitter, which is always kind of fun to follow. They posted a video, but you couldn't play the media. And that, that speaks to how little we think about B- Darwin Barney these days, thanks to how well they've overturned the roster. Yeah. I miss him for his glove, but Bides is much better defensively, I think. He's got a gold glove coming his way very soon. Yeah, we hope so. So this hasn't really been that good of a start for the Cubs. They've given you some scares and just looked god-awful at various points. It it does help that, you know, they did win the World Series last year, so I'm not as frustrated as I would be otherwise. Oh, yeah, I... I'm still living off the glory of that World Series. I think I'm going to be pretty insufferable until, I don't know, for at least a decade. <laughs> at least. Yeah. And I'll probably I be talking about it to the day I die. Yeah, and I don't think we have to wait that long for the next one either, to tell you the truth. Yeah, they look like they're primed to get another, another pitcher, another starter here. I think offensively, the everyday lineup in the bat in the bench, they're set. Yeah, we we do have to talk about who who to dump, you know, when Tommy Lastella comes back from the bereavement list. Yeah, he's either going to the minors or Caesar's going to get traded for something. Yeah, or even if. You know, a guy like Brian Dunsing, who's sort of on the bubble, doesn't do as well as he should. And you kind of see that they're kind of uh, they're testing him a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. To, they're doing multiple innings. He's not just pitching against left-handers. He's pitching against right-handers. That tells you, well, we're trying a few things, and this is the right time of the year to do it instead of like trying to experiment in August or September when you really should be you know, trying to lock down a playoff spot. And Madden seems to be content and interested in carrying eight bullpen pitchers, so that that also helps shake things up a little bit. And it seems to indicate that one of those two are going to going to go away, unless somebody else dies recent dies soon. I don't think anybody else can go in the bereavement list. Yeah, we don't want that to happen, man. <laughs> no, that's, that's we don't want to get that's. But it's just like one of those things where you're you're like, man, I, I know we got to fix this problem, but people don't need to die to do to have this happen, right? And you just feel so bad for Carl Edwards Jr. I I don't know who he lost, but Tommy Lestell lost his grandma, and that's why he's on the bereavement list. And it's like, well, we want things to happen organically, but we don't want life 
to happen in such a way that, you know, people have to go for that reason. That's just, you know, a terrible, terrible thing to happen. And, and I think we both recognize that. No, absolutely. You never want to wish death or injury okay. to make things, make problems go away. It's just, it's a good problem to have. This roster that needs a, a shakeup. Yeah, but it's tough choices. I don't really want to lose either either one of them, Caesar and Listella. I kind of like having both. Yeah, that's a good good thing because like today, uh, the finale against the Brewers, the day game, uh, they. They basically ran out of position players, so Carl Edwards Jr. had to pinch run for Miguel Montero. And you can imagine a situation where, well, if Tommy Lestella was there, he could have been the, the pinch batter instead of Montero, and then he could have ran for himself, and then he could save Montero for another situation. Because at that point, you know, Schwarber would have been the backup catcher if, like, you took up Montero and they had tied the. They, uh, went to extra innings. Yeah. I mean, I can't see how they can carry eight bullpen pitchers. That means you only have four guys on the bench, and one of them's your backup catcher, so you really only have three. Yeah. I know they're versatile, but you need – I don't think they can live with only three bench players. Yeah, at the same time, you've used uh, guys like Mike Montgomery so much. Uh, I, I don't know the exact usage of guys like Strope and Grimm and, and Uehara, but uh, I feel like they've all been used quite a bit because the starters haven't been able to go as long in games for whatever reason. Yeah, so the extra arm will help, but it does a lot of damage to the bench. Yeah. Well, the versatility does help, but uh, if you don't have, you know, a key pinch pinch hitter, that it doesn't really help you at all. Like you need to generate runs in order to win ball games, and having a lockdown bullpen, which was great for the last couple of nights, because they were able to mount really impressive comebacks after being down quite a bit, right? Yeah. So, so the bullpen we know is integral, but. Uh, how much do you value that extra bullpen arm versus the extra bench spot so that you can play the percentages? So they go to play the Reds, I think, this weekend, right? Yep. The, the so surprising Reds. I mean, they've won it. The Reds, the Reds will play on Thursday night against the Baltimore Orioles again. They're hosting the Orioles in Cincinnati. And they did lose on Wednesday night. Uh, they are now 9 and 6 as of this recording. The Cubs are 8 and 7 heading into Cincinnati on Friday. So they're a game back of the Mighty Reds. Could be a half game entering the series. Yeah, and they could end the weekend in first place all by themselves <laughs> which is, if everything goes right. Which is where the Cubs belong. It's about where we expected them to be. Like most people expect them to be there and you know, we, we talked about panic earlier, and it's only 15 games. There are 147 to go. What What is there to panic about except for the fact that they're not 15-0? There's not really too much for them at the moment. They've been struggling. Yeah, so I think at one point it was just the bets. But, you know, 14 of the 15 games, except for that blowout win uh, in the finale against Pittsburgh, 
uh, they've been in every single game, even the ones that they lost. Like they've always been able to send either a tying or winning run to the to the plate, or it's on deck. Yeah. So they've had chances to win. Like every every one of these games that they lost, except for that one, could have been a flip. Like the Cubs in an alternate universe could easily have been fourteen and one because of that coin flip. So there's really nothing to panic about. Yeah. Fans like to make a big deal out of nothing. Yeah, the bats aren't doing too great here or there, not scoring enough runs now and then. The pitching's been suspect a little bit, but it'll all work out. Yeah. You've probably read the articles about how all the pitchers are losing velocity or at least not throwing as much. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I blogged about it after reading the uh, the comments from Joe Madden and staff, it, it sounds like it's more by design. And uh, the gentleman from Fangraphs, Jeff Sullivan, wrote an article recently about that, and he seems to agree with that assumption that, you know, they're not going to max out right now because for the past two seasons they've been in the playoffs and they've pitched deep into October. So... Why are we wasting our bullets on games that, you know, we sure, you want to win as many games as possible, but you don't want to waste your bullets until it it really legitimately counts, like win or go home situations, right? Yeah, I've always, I, I'd be fine with them limiting the pitchers with innings and asking them to tone it down just a little bit, just as long as it doesn't completely change who they are, like it seems to be doing for Hendricks. And that's one guy that I don't think could afford to lose any miles per hour on his, on his, on his fastball. He's getting hit hard. I think his problem isn't velocity, it's location and execution. Like, we know even though he doesn't throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, he maxes out around 88 or 89. And he hasn't really thrown it as, as hard this time of year. Is that like sitting around 84 to 86 miles an hour, right? Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, so he's – I think just like the other starters, he's just uh, he's just kind of working into a groove. And right now his groove doesn't look anything like last year, but last year was so exceptional that, you know, it it would have been hard for him to duplicate that kind of effort anyway. Yeah, last year was so, a very special year for him. And that'd yeah. be hard to match. I mean, even Jake Arrieta couldn't match his 2015 season. Yeah. 2016 was a good and, season, but not even close to what it did in 2015. Yeah. But even with their miles and out, uh, their velocity drop... I think the starters are doing fine. They're keeping the Cubs in most of the games, except for that one time Brett Anderson got blown up. But, uh, you know, they're doing their job. I, I think mostly it's the offense that hasn't been clicking as much. They're not getting, like, you know, what we call clutch hits. Like, honestly, I don't think there's anything like clutch. Uh, you know, there's high leverage situations. There's situations where you definitely want to – try to score because you got ducks on the pond, but uh, they weren't getting that that lucky bounce or that clutch hit. 
Well, they're still the comeback kids. Still coming back in the ninth inning to win games. Yeah. So even on Monday night, the the game uh, that started the series, I thought that they could po- probably win that, and you know they they ended up not winning, but uh, but they had they a did make it in- Yeah, they did make it interesting at the end, and then then I believe you went to Tuesday night's game. I right? did. Yeah. Uh, Was it cold? No, not really. No, weather was nice. Yeah, so that was beautiful baseball weather. I was at my own baseball game with the high school, and you know we slaughtered rule the other team, which was really nice for <laughs> our first official game. Nice. And then I, I, I got in the car and I listened to the radio, and it was just like the Cubs are down five to nothing, and it's just like come on, man. But uh, then I went home, you know, I ate my Chinese food. It was great. I. That I then watched my nerd show and got ready for bed, and I saw that they had made a comeback. And that was really thanks a lot to the bullpen and the fact that, like it says on the ring, they never quit. Yeah, that, you can never count out the Cubs. No matter how bad they're doing or how good they're doing, you know they're going to give you a fight until the very end. Yeah, and... I don't know. There's just so many hot takes right now because, like last year, the Cubs didn't lose their sixth game until, like, game number 31 or something. And th- yeah. this year, like, they were 6-6 six and six after the Pirates Pirate series, and everybody was just, like, about to jump off off the boat because they were, oh, my gosh, everything's bad. Javi can't swing. You know, Brian and Rizzo are totally cold and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. – it turns out that they were they were perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, you can't compare this year to last year. Even if the Cubs win the World Series this year, it's still going to pale in comparison to last year. Nothing beats the first. Right. But performance-wise, considering that it's mostly the same guys, like, you know they're going to be good, and they're so young still. Like, they're going to be good for a very long time. And so to just forget about last year so soon it's like this year's slogan is that's cub that that's cubs fans <laughs> yeah just like oh my gosh everything's so bad and you know we're losing and we're not 15 and 0 I, I i don't know how to describe that it's just so weird that you know this is a team that came back from the brink of disaster to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And, and people are brought... still wondering if they can come back and win. They did and... um, the almost impossible last year. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I, we, we're upset because they lose, but we're not going to give up because they're 8-7 and seven or whatever. Oh. Like, Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. And it, it speaks to fans who, I guess, are used to the what have you done for me lately uh, philosophy where, you know, the the games that uh, happened last year didn't matter. The fact that they worked so hard this year doesn't matter. The fact that we have a front office that's here to stay for the next, like, five years or whatever doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm gonna think I'm going to be kind of glad that they're hitting the road. All these pregame ceremonies are starting to tire me out. <laughs> I mean, they have the banner raising ceremony, then they have the ring ceremony, then they have other ring ceremonies for other people. 
Then they have the awards for Kyle Hendricks and Jason Hayward and Anthony. Today they had another ring ceremony for people. Every game, it seemed like this homestand, they had some sort of celebration. And I tweeted that out earlier this week. It's got to take a toll on the players. Even though they're not really doing anything, it's... All those celebrations can't really be good to stay in game mode. Get your head, keep your head in the game. Uh, I feel like they have the right manager and the right kinds of players and attitudes to make sure that they don't get too distracted about it or they don't get their heads in the clouds too much. But I, I think there's some truth to what you're saying. I, I could be distracted a little bit. I, I could probably fall into some level of complacency. So I don't think that's completely, completely false of you to say. Uh, I do no, if think you look that, at past like other sports, on like ring night or batter night, when teams win the championship, I think there's a good percentage of teams that lose that game because the excitement level is just so high for that, for that ceremony. Right. It just comes crashing down after. So I'll be glad when all these pregame ceremonies are done. Yeah, back uh, to playing baseball. Until they have to do it again next year. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, we all know how hard it is to even get to the World Series, much less win one. So, you know, that's probably jumping the gun a bit. But you can't blame us for being a little confident. Yeah. I think the Cubs still are the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. And one of our, one of our friends, Matt, on Twitter, I think he does the blog finds, tweeted out a few days ago. You look at the three top teams uh -huh. to win the World Series. They're all struggling to start the season. The Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Indians. I think the Indians are even doing worse than the Cubs. At least huh. they were a few days ago when he posted that stat. I think they got to 500. Uh, let me double check real quick. But uh, I think they're they're at 500 now. But... And if you want to add in the Blue Jays, who were a hot pick this season, they're they're drowning. Yeah, but again, it's only like what most teams have only played something like 12 or maximum 15, 15 16 games. Yeah, so it's way too early to throw in the towel. I know the saying is you can't win a World Series in April, but you can lose it. Even that's not entirely true. With a hot stretch, you can overcome a bad start. Yeah, so getting back to the Central, like Detroit's leading by a game and a half over four teams that are currently all at 500, including the Indians. So that doesn't mean anything. Like there's o there's only been like 13, 14 games being being played in that division. The Cubs and the rest of the NL Central, they've played like 15 or 16 games each. So that's 10% of the season. That's not even 10% of the season. So this uh, sample of games means almost nothing. Yeah, it's too early to, to panic. If they were doing this in the middle of the year, I doubt people would even bat an eye. But well, they did, bat, just... yeah. they did freak out last year before oh, the All-Star break. They did. And, and that was when the Cubs had like a nine-game division lead, even after their losing streak, right? Yeah. 
So I don't think they ever went below the nine games, did they? It might have gone down to like six and a half. I'll, I'll have to double check on that later, but uh, I, I feel like they never were truly in any in danger, danger of losing right. their spot. Yeah, and I know they started out of the gate a little sluggishly this year, but uh, would you rather they struggle in September, October and lose home field advantage, or would you rather they struggle now and then figure it out and kick it into high gear for the rest of the season? Like, yeah. Get it out of the way now. Get yeah. back into the rhythm. And It'll be fine. Think about it. The Cubs have won four out of five series so far this season. And, yeah, they got swept in the series against Pittsburgh. But four out of five series, that's something you take just about every time. Let's double-check on that uh, thing you said. We'll, we'll check out on the 2016 Cubs real quick. So, remember... 2016, they won 103 games. That that was pretty cool. 103 and 58, they won another 11, obviously, in the postseason. And that was nice. And we'll check, uh, did they ever get below a six-game lead? Well... They were up six games by, like, May 3rd or so. Actually, May 4th. And they kept... No, they had a couple of losing streaks in there, so it kept fluctuating between, like, four games and... Four and a half games and six games. And then they just went to town. They were up 12 and a half games on Sunday, June 19th. And that's about when the uh, losing streak started to happen. Yeah, it coincided with Fowler going down. Yeah. So we get to the the All-Star break, right? Yeah. And at the All-Star break, they are up by seven games. So even after that majorly bad stretch, they only lost four games of their division lead and that that was pretty good like everybody was freaking out oh my god you know these guys are tired losing bullets everybody's getting smashed and just like just get them to the break and they'll start out fine uh after the the all-star break and it ended up being the case they were never below six and a half games in the division lead after that and I believe they ended up uh, on October 2nd, 17 and a half games up on the Cardinals. So that was, that was an easy division win. Oh, very easy. And I don't think it'll be as easy this year, though. No, you would have thought it would be going into the season, but the Pirates have looked better. That was before Sterling Marte got busted for steroids. The Reds got off to a much better start than I thought they would. And the Cardinals are a lot worse than I thought they would be. Yeah, but again, it's only like a matter of 15 games. I, I think there is a chance that Milwaukee and Pittsburgh are probably better than the Cardinals, but at the same time, I don't think the Cardinals have played as good as we think they should be able to play. So a lot of these things is just like, it, it's most likely just random noise at the start of the season. So I believe that if the Cubs are able to take two out of three from the Reds, they should be either 
half a game up or within half a game, depending on what the Reds do on Thursday night against the Orioles. So I'm just doing napkin math in my head because uh, I'm tired and you're tired. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these late night podcasts aren't exactly the best. We should find a much easier, earlier time to do these. Yeah, the problem is like, like with our schedules and whatnot, uh, it's it's hard to find that that ideal time, you know, like mm-hmm. when you you didn't have like seven jobs and I had had slightly more time. Now that I'm a teacher, I don't have time. Uh, yeah. It was easier to find that time, but nowadays, man, not not so easy. But uh, you know, we'll slog through it. It's a 162-game season, and summer break is just around the corner, so should be able to find more time. Yes, and I won't have all these jobs forever. Probably not. Probably only for another few months. Once they get married, I'll have that taken up my time. Oh, right. <laughs> but I won't have two jobs. Yeah. I'll have more time in the evening for these. Yeah. And that's about when the season will start really kicking in, so we can reminisce more about last year and look forward to this coming year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm still working on the like, sound issues. I think the next time we do this, we can talk a little bit more about our website. But uh, right now, it's just us making each other feel better because, like, you know, it, it, it would be kind of lying to say that we weren't slightly concerned about the Cubs starting so slowly. But at the same time, I don't think we were in a full-blown blown panic like some fans that we saw online. Well, we don't have a guest this week, but uh, if you want to send in questions or if you want to, you know, just be a guest, shoot the breeze with us, uh, you can always find Ben at WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail.com. You can also find on Twitter at... At WSDreaming underscore Cubs. You can find me. I am RiceCube. Uh, you can tweet me at CubicSnarconia. Those will be in the show notes. Uh, we still need to work on sound issues, as I said before. We, you know, still... You know, getting into the groove just like the Cubs. Uh, I, I imagine that we'll try to do this at least once a week. Uh, at some point, Andy or Behind the Ivy will be able to put up the minor league re- reviews where you, you've always heard so much about Jamer, Candelario, and Ian Happ and how they're slugging the ball all over the place in Iowa, but you probably don't hear as much about the lower-tier lower prospects who are doing well in – Myrtle Beach and uh, and Tennessee, so we'll hear about that as well. But yeah, please please send us emails at WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail dot com. I got plenty of bobbleheads to give away, some duplicates, uh, so please send us questions and win a bobblehead. Yeah, and we know people are listening. Like, like a lot of people are downloading this podcast. We don't know how long you listen. You might just might listen through the theme song and then listen, hear me or Ben or Andy, and you're just like, man, these guys are boring. But, you know, somebody's downloading these, and we're just 
hoping to interact more with uh, the Chicago Cubs fan base, uh, wonderful fans like you. And we we hope that we can make you know an all mailbag podcast at some point if you would just kindly send us some emails, even if it's to tell us that we stink. Yes, please do. We welcome all the criticism we can get. Yeah, that's the only way we'll get better, right? Yep, yep. All right. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks to Ben for hosting the show with me and uh, for supplying this wonderful community that we we started with so few, and now we're up to like almost 24,000 on Facebook. And I, I think you're about ready to hit 5,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, I'm getting there. So that – yeah, it's it's growing. Like it's not as big as some of the other guys, but it, it's a nice, vibrant community, and we really appreciate everybody who hangs out with us. Yep, yep. Thank you, guys. Go Cubs, go, and all that other fun jazz. Let's sweep the Reds and take over first place. Yep, and we'll see you next time. We have a Dreamcast. <laughs> Bye. Just a game